What's good? What's good? What's good, party people? Welcome to Candid Conversations. I am Candia Johnson, a woman on a mission to help you show up and speak up anyway, despite dealing with fear, uncertainty, or self-doubt. Before we get into today's topic, which is the networking habit that is most responsible for my success today, let me share what has happened in Candia's world. So recently, your girl, that's me, <laughs> received a Woman of Resilience Award from the Memo community. Shout out to the founders of the Memo, Lauren Brassad and Minda Hartz. Minda is a best-selling author behind the book, The Memo. It's a life-changing book which helps women of color navigate and handle some of the unique challenges that they face in the workplace. I also interviewed Minda on this podcast, so I'll make sure to link the episode in the show notes. And so they honored me along with two amazingly dope women, Dr. Uche Blackstock, she's a physician and CEO, and Alicia Menendez, she is an MSNBC anchor, and she's also an author. Okay, and so this award celebrates women of color who embody resilience and are champions for other women in the workplaces as well as their community. And I'm so freaking proud of myself. I think, you know what? I value <laughs> this award more than my college degrees because let me just keep it all the way 100, okay? I attended college and then I went back to graduate school to get my master's degree. And I was simply doing what I was told to do, y'all. <laughs> I don't want to say that I had a passion to go back to school. My parents gave me this script, which I'm not mad about, okay? They did what they knew or they thought was best for me, and it was. But I was going along with this script of what success is and what you have to do to feel successful and be successful. And I did those things such as going to college and going to graduate school because it fit the script of what I was told to do. But later, I realized I still felt unfulfilled. I'm like, this is it? So I got the, the job and the six-figure salary. And I moved throughout like that corporate ladder of success, whether it was different companies, different roles and communication and learning. And I still felt like I was meant to do more. I still had this, this hidden, this feeling that I was meant to do more. And at the time, I want to say probably back in 2010, 2011, 2008, 2009, at the time, I couldn't figure out what that looked like. And I was embarrassed because here I was 30-something and still clueless with a degree <laughs> and a mortgage and all these sorts of things. And I was embarrassed by the fact that I still couldn't figure out if I was doing things right and I was still unhappy and I chose jobs because of the money and benefits and perks and none of that brought me joy. And so when I quit my job, I stumbled upon this opportunity to interview, write and publish articles about women who were making a profit while making a change within their communities around the world. And so I just remained curious because once those articles was published, I realized that the content was resonating with women who were struggling with self-doubt and imposter syndrome and not knowing how to move past that script of what society told them was success. And then on top of everything else, I've realized that many women were afraid of speaking up and showing up for themselves and talking about what they have to offer. And by the grace of God, 
the articles and the features that were published were inspiring women, not only in the United States, Africa as well. They would leave me comments or send me emails and they just began to follow those types of stories and use them as inspiration to reinvent themselves and unapologetically show up as themselves. And they realized that they could live multiple lives in one lifetime and all those sorts of things. And so I followed the itch and I just continued to be obsessed <laughs> with scouring the globe for more stories to uplift, educate and inspire other women. But it was unpaid. And so I also struggle because I come from the era that you should be getting paid to work. And if they're not paying you to write these stories, don't do it. They have to have money to pay you. And so I wasn't getting paid. And honestly, I never expected to get paid at first. And I couldn't make sense of it, but I just kept following the itch. And then I was offered an opportunity to get paid. It wasn't a lot. I think the first article I got paid, it was like $50 an article or something. It, it wasn't a lot, but never in a gazillion years did I think that I could get paid for this sort of thing. Never in a gazillion years did I think that I could take this writing opportunity and the struggles that I noticed and merge it with my ability to uplift, educate, and, and transform people and turn it into opportunities such as my workshops and my coaching programs where I now teach women how to speak up confidently and how to reinvent themselves and how to use their story to get hired and recognized as leaders. And because I kept following this itch or this urge that didn't make sense at first, <laughs> here I am. And I'm so proud of myself because much more than the money, it's making a difference in the lives of other women. And so this award meant the world to me because I didn't know what I was doing at first. <laughs> and I'm laughing so hard because I really did not know what I was doing at first. It wasn't a script. I want to encourage you, if you've ever had that experience as well, keep going. Please keep going. Sometimes the thing that comes so easy to you is the thing that you underestimate as your superpower. Again, because of my ability, my superpower to educate, uplift, and tr transform people through my writing and then through my coaching and then through my workshops and things of that sort, sometimes it's not really a tangible thing like selling a product. So I overlooked it or underestimated it at times because you couldn't really see hardcore results. Like you would see the skills of someone who was a beautician or a doctor. And so sometimes that thing that comes so easy to you is the thing you underestimate. Follow your itch, people. Your itch, that thing that you can't stop thinking about, a lot of times is your mission. It is your purpose in life. And so anyhow, I was told for the award ceremony, which I'm gonna link in the show notes, that I needed to give a speech, an acceptance speech. And they also sent me a beautiful award to my home. It's like a class award and it's on a stand. And one of the sponsors, shout out to Roar, R-O-A-R, sent me a case of energy drinks, which I love. My favorite is the blueberry flavor. I'll link their website in the show notes as well. But they sent a case of this vitamin water to my home. And so I was like, oh, this thing is like really fancy. And I was excited. But then the week of the ceremony, I had, my mom was admitted to the hospital unexpectedly. In fact, I had to call the ambulance. And so it was a lot of craziness happening behind the scenes. 
And I don't know about you, but for me, I find it hard to acknowledge my achievements or celebrate when the people closest to you are struggling or, or are in pain. And so in addition to me being, of course, worried sick, right, I had second thoughts about even showing up to this award ceremony, which was online, by the way, but I just didn't feel good. I wasn't in a good place to celebrate. And I was in a deep state of uncertainty trying to figure out what was going on with her. And that was my total focus. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to send them a thank you, but I can't possibly attend right now. I just felt like I was a mess. And then that morning I said, you know what, Candia? I had an acceptance speech that I initially drafted. And I said, I'm not going to do this acceptance speech. I'm just going to speak to my heart and be real about what's going on. And so first I was going to talk about the time I got pulled over by the police and my car was searched for drugs and guns. Listen, y'all, that's a whole different podcast episode. We're going to talk about that on another day. Okay. But initially I was going to talk about that. And then I said, nope, I am going to be as real as possible. This award is about being resilient and I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with the reality of what was happening right now. Okay, so I got that itch again, that urge to switch things up. And so I wanted to use that time to acknowledge and honor my mom because watching her over the last few years show up and speak up and continue to move past some of the health challenges she's had over the years, those experiences have taught me how to be here for you today. Those experiences taught me how to exercise my resilience muscle. Those experiences taught me how to always show up and just do my best. You see, your best may change from moment to moment and it's okay. When you learn how to simply do your best, you will become a master at stepping into the next best version of yourself. You will become a master at transformation. I learned that through one of my favorite books. When I feel out of alignment, one of my favorite books Uh, is The Four Agreements. I would highly recommend that you get that book and you read it possibly several times a year. It's one of those books when you have to pick it back up and relearn some things that you forgot about. But one of the four agreements is do your best, always do your best. And you have to realize that your best may look different from moment to moment, from circumstance to circumstance, and it's okay. Becoming a master at change and transformation and exercising your resilience muscle simply means doing your best with what you have at that moment. Another thing I want to share with you is that sometimes the plan changes, but never the goal. Stay on your mission. Even when it feels a little messy, stay on your mission. If the plan doesn't work, change the plan, but never the goal. That's a quote. I can't remember the author, but yeah, that's a quote. If the plan doesn't work, Change the plan, but never the goal. And so my goal is to always use my story as well as the stories of other people, inspire, educate, and uplift you and to let you know that you can show up anyway, despite what's happening in your life and to just simply do your best. Now, of course, I give you the tools and the techniques to manage your mind and and speak up and all those sorts of things, but it's based simply on that principle. And so during that award show, I had to do an acceptance speech and then there was a fireside chat, which was different for me because usually I'm the one who, who hosts the fireside chat. But shout out to Christian. She interviewed me during the fireside chat 
And one of the questions she asked me was a question I get often, and it was a piece of advice that I have for people who are looking to make the switch from employee to entrepreneur. I always give people a few things to consider, but one of the first things I always encourage people to consider is the type of life that they want to lead in their next chapter. Because for most of us, we did things backwards. We were told to get a job and make sure you get good money and all those sorts of things. And then we get the job and it doesn't fit the lifestyle that we want to live or lead. So I encourage people to really think deeply about the lifestyle, the values that they want, and then to make sure that your career or the business that you choose aligns with that. Because what you may do, and I've learned this from my own experiences, as well as some of the entrepreneurs and change makers that I've interviewed, is you just create another job for yourself. Whereas you don't have money coming in unless you show up. The next thing you're back to working 80 hours a week, unless that's what you want to do. Maybe you want that lifestyle, but I firmly believe that you have to have a serious conversation with yourself or your family members about what's the lifestyle that you're trying to lead. Okay. So that's number one. The second thing I I encourage people to think about is creating their transition plan while they are an employee working for someone. Now, of course, that transition plan is going to include many different aspects which touch on the vision you have for your second career and lifestyle. But one of the most important things, and this is our topic today, one of the most important things that you can include, that you must include on that plan, I should say, is expanding your network. If there's one thing I know for sure, it's that relationships will take you places money can't. And it's funny because during the award show, Minda, while she was introducing me, she said, I heard Candia speak and she said, relationships will take you places money can. She said, oh, I need to get to know her. And and that's how our relationship started. (laughs) And so here's the thing. When I look back at some of the most amazing opportunities that I've had in my career, speaking across the U.S. and Nigeria and Nairobi, Kenya, my paid speaking, writing, and mentoring opportunities with the James Beer Foundation. When I think about those opportunities, they all came from a relationship. They came from someone who mentioned my name when I wasn't in the room. And it's because I have been intentional around creating a weekly, bi-weekly, or even monthly habit at times around building and nurturing my relationships with people who I've met either on Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook. So if it's one piece of advice I always give people, it's to establish a follow-up Friday habit. Now, follow-up Friday is a recurring habit for at least 30 minutes to two hours. Create that time slot on your calendar, and I want you to use that time to follow up with people Now, in the beginning, I used to just use it to build, you know, and nurture my network, check in with people. And then as time went on, I used it to also follow up on my processes. So I will follow up on pitches and things of that sort, follow up on my processes as they relate to my health and making doctor's appointments, my career, my spirituality. Because I want you to understand that this change that people often seek, internal and external effort, it's not only things that you have to change outside of you, you have to change a few things inside of you. And so you have to schedule some time to really look at some of the goals or tasks that you set for yourself and check in. 
Another reason why I like the follow-up Friday is because if you are a person who gets the Sunday scaries or Sunday anxiety before you have to show up at work on Monday, when you check in with yourself on Friday, you create a list of the things that you need to do for the following week instead of being worried about them or having anxiety about them on a Sunday night. That way you can have Saturday and Sunday completely to yourself and just hit the ground running on Monday. So now let's discuss some relationship building habits you can do during your follow-up Friday time slot to expand and strengthen relationships with other people, but also to strengthen the relationships you have with yourself. Because that's another thing we don't talk about often. This journey, any journey to change, right? Whether it's a change that you want in your life or your career, it's about building trust with yourself. And one of the things that I know for sure is that breaking promises to yourself is one of the worst feelings in the world. You begin to beat yourself up and then you're talking yourself into remaining stuck. And then you start to get into the limiting thoughts of I'm not capable or competent or qualified enough to make this change. Giving up on yourself, your goals is one of the worst feelings in the world. Embracing this habit of a follow-up Friday can help you overcome these feelings and then move past them. Okay, girl, you dropped the ball. Let's pick it back up. Let's get it running. But first, let's focus on the relationship building habits with people first, okay? So the very first tip is to, I want you to identify about two to three people, right, that you've been connecting with, having a conversation with, tweeting back and forth with on Twitter or Instagram stories or even look at your Facebook group interactions. And I want you to pick people that you may have some things in common. And it doesn't have to be career related, right? Like maybe both of you are moms or you both love to garden. I've met a few of garden mamas through Instagram. Hey, garden mamas, I see y'all. But anywho, identify those people. And after a period of time that you've been going back and forth, figure out just slide into their DMs maybe and say, hey, we should hop on a call. Or if you're local, if you both live in the same area, maybe invite them for a happy hour or a drink and figure out, or coffee or lunch, whatever your thing is, okay? And figure out what projects they have going on. Maybe you need an accountability partner. Some of my best accountability partners, shout out to Keisha, shout out to Evelette. Some of my best accountability partners I've established a stronger relationship with them or we transfer the relationship from online to offline. And we hold each other accountable for our projects and some of the things, even self-care things. So Keisha will send me a prayer and a heartbeat. Like, Kenzie, I need you to say this over and over again. Shout out to her, okay? So you can use this, the relationships that you have built or established with people online and transfer them to real life by jumping on a phone call. Okay, and tackling your dreams or your goals to even just build momentum around some of the things that you want to do in your life. Okay, last week or just a couple of weeks ago, Keisha and I challenged each other to create a product and put it and sell it in one week. And guess what? We did it. If I would have probably tried to work on that alone, I would have been overthinking it. But one day we were on the phone and we were just like, you know what? You want to be accountability partners? Let's get up a, a product up and running. I think we gave each other either a week or two weeks. I don't know, but it's up. Okay, stories that sell for getting media attention. It's up. 
on Candia's training site. Look under shop, okay? It's there. <laughs> Tip number two, become a connector. You want to expand your network? You want to establish mutually beneficial relationships? Become a connector. I always tell people, become the connect and stop looking for one. You become a connector when you can figure out how two people, how they may be able to partner together. Maybe they have some like-minded interest, right? Or maybe they should just know each other because of, the, of their background or something like that. Maybe they went to the same high school or what have you. I don't know. And you think that maybe they should follow each other on Instagram or maybe they should just talk about collaborating on a project. And so you email one person and say, hey, I think you should know this person because of X, Y, Z. Do you mind if I do a virtual intro? You can become a connector if you see people should maybe speak on a panel or maybe they should be nominated for an award. I've done all of those sorts of things. And becoming a connector also helps people, helps you build trust, right? And strengthen a relationship that you have with someone. I absolutely love connecting people. I love finding opportunities or coming across some news that's relevant to someone else's industry and then sharing that information with them. I send them that article or I make a connection. So be intentional about how you can connect people to other like-minded people that you think should at the very least know each other. Here's another tip. Write someone a recommendation or a testimonial. You can do a recommendation on LinkedIn if this is your former colleague or maybe you partnered together at an event or something like that. Use that time to offer to write someone a LinkedIn recommendation. I like LinkedIn sometimes, so I vary how I ask for and receive recommendations and testimonials, but I like LinkedIn because it leaves a sort of breadcrumbs, right? The person could really see that you are legit because then they could see where the other person who wrote the recommendation, where they work and who they're affiliated with and that sort of thing. And so for me, it's a breadcrumbs with credibility. So you can offer to write someone a recommendation or testimonial also for their website, okay? Or even just share your few good words on Instagram stories or Facebook stories or LinkedIn stories. Everybody has stories at this point. Twitter has fleet, but Twitter, that is the same thing, okay? Anywho, if you share some good words, you can use the story feature to share them. And if you don't do this already, you should be saving these testimonials and write-ups to your very own profile if someone writes them for you. But many times people are sharing those things to their own profile. So it's a good way to, again, build a stronger relationship, okay? The next tip I want to talk about is something that people rarely do, which is follow-up. Follow-up, though, on your pitches and your proposals that you sent to potential clients or even follow-up on your job interviews, when I was working as a writer and I was reviewing hundreds of pitches from publicists and entrepreneurs and change makers, people rarely follow up for many different reasons, right? Sometimes people are simply afraid of rejection. They assume that the pitch wasn't good or they simply drop the ball. And that works both ways. Sometimes people forget to respond and they have the best intentions to respond, but life happens. Maybe they forgot, <laughs> maybe something happened in their personal life or they just simply overlooked it, I don't know. And so you have to learn how to follow up. And I would say that over 
the course of writing a thousand plus articles over the course of five years, maybe two people, maybe two people would follow up and ask me for feedback on their pitch. And guess what? One person who followed up, hey, Kenneth, he's a lawyer. He pitched me initially and I was not impressed with the pitch. Okay, so I wasn't going to cover him, but he was really persistent. <laughs> and Kenneth, you should give a course on networking and following up because he was persistent, a beast at it in a nice way. Let me say that in a nice way. But he was really persistent about trying to get me on the phone and he got me on the phone, which is like next to impossible to do these days unless you are a potential client or a client. And so guess what? He got feedback from me. And not only did he get feedback, but through our conversations, we came across another story angle and I wound up featuring him in the magazine. Okay. And later on, he was black enterprise named him. Oh God. They have this category of awards that they give out for black men doing amazing things in their community. And they listed Kenneth. Okay. So follow up people. You never know where it may lead, but also follow up. And if people reject you, ask for feedback. And I feel once I sent Kenneth an email saying I wasn't interested at this time. He followed up with, okay, could we hop on the phone? I have to, and he just wanted some feedback and things of that sort. And so I want to encourage you to follow up. Stop taking things personal. Okay. Even follow up on your invoices and your proposals and things of that sort. Follow up during that time. Life happens, especially during 2020. Okay. We knew each of us probably has have been affected by 2020 in many different ways. And we've probably all needed a moment where we just disconnected from everything. And throughout that time, you may have dropped the ball. It's nothing personal. Life happens. But I want you to use that experience as a reminder that sometimes life just happens and it, it has nothing to do with the other person, but you may have overlooked it or just dropped the ball and forgot to follow up. Okay. So another follow up tip that I want to share is embrace being a finisher. Looking at that to do list that you created on Monday and saying to yourself, which task or projects are still lingering and why? Why is this still not complete? What happened? I want you to set the timer during that time for 10 to 20 minutes and take one small step towards completing whatever that lingering task is. Stop half-assing your life, party people. Stop half-assing your projects that lead to the goals and dreams that you have for your life. If you have, such as I have in the past, have a bunch of projects and you don't fully finish them, that means you're half-assing your life. <laughs> so schedule that time, 10 to 20 minutes, to work on finishing up or tidying up that task that's still lingering. Now this next tip is funny because sometimes my brain has too many tabs open. Sometimes my brain has about 10 tabs open at one time and I'm trying to multiple, trying to work on five different things at one time. And of course it never works. And so this tip is to use your follow-up Friday to tend to your interrupting or distracting thoughts. Have you ever been working? Let's say you're writing a blog post, you're trying to work on recording a podcast episode or a YouTube video or an Instagram TV video and a thought pops in your head and you stop what you're doing and tend to that thought. 
you open up another tab on your computer, you pick up the phone and call somebody as if it's an emergency when you know this is not a priority, but you tend to that interrupting or distracting thought and it takes you off your game. Now here's the thing, unintentionally, a lot of the times that's fear. That's fear. You've been trying to get this article started. You've been trying to get this article or this episode complete. And next thing, your brain starts coming up with things that you should be doing or things that you need to say to a certain person. And you damn well, it's not an emergency. What I want you to do is when that happens, and I'll tell you what I do. So if I am writing an outline for my podcast episodes and a competing, distracting, or interrupting thought pops into my head, I have my follow-up Friday tab always open and I plot that distracting thought. I put it on my to-do list for that follow-up Friday time slot. And when I get to Friday, nine times out of 10, it wasn't that urgent any daggone way. I either remove it or maybe I explore it. So sometimes if I'm working on a pitch or a proposal or something like that and an idea pops into my head for the podcast, I just open up that tab and include my podcast episode idea there. And then I explore it on Friday. So again, I have to tell you that your success lies in being able to manage your mind. It's being able to handle and quickly respond to these distracting thoughts. And sometimes a response is no response. Sometimes the response is, okay, this is not an emergency right now. I'm going to put it on my things to do list for Friday and keep it moving. Okay. So if you are like me and you have too many tabs open (laughs) at one time in your brain and on your desktop, get in the habit of scheduling your distracting thoughts and habits on your follow up Friday tag. Okay. Now here's my last follow up Friday tip. Let me ask you a question. Who is the most important person in your life right now? I'll wait. Now hear this. If you didn't mention your name, we've got a problem. The most important person in your life right now is you. It's you. I don't care if you're married. I don't care if you got five kids. I don't care if you got 10 dogs. You can't feed them if you don't feed yourself. Okay? If you didn't mention your name, here's where the problem lies. The most important person that you need to follow up with every single day, every week, is you. Success in life is not so much about balance, it's about boundaries. Because chances are, if you look back over your week and you didn't get things accomplished, chances are it's because you didn't have boundaries. So at the very least, you need to schedule that follow-up time with you. What was overwhelming for you this week? Where do you need to establish and communicate boundaries? You have to teach people how to treat you. See, here's the thing with me. You can't pop up at my house unannounced, and you can't pop up on my to-do list unannounced. If it's not on the calendar, it's not happening. My nephew, he's cute and all, he's two, but he can't pop up on me unannounced. (laughs) I have to get my mind right. I need to get some things prepared. Your success at anything you want to do in this lifetime is more so about your boundaries than it is about balance. What do you need to feel supported? What do you need to do to support yourself more? What do you need to do less of? What do you need to do more of? 
even if you use this time to schedule yourself for therapy or coaching or maybe a check-in with your accountability partner, make sure you have a follow-up moment. Shout out to my girl, Eva. Sometimes we just shout at, we follow up with each other on Friday to check in on our spirit and our energy and how we are carrying some of the personal things that we are challenged with in our personal lives. Even if you use this time to learn how to breathe and meditate, use it. Use this time to do a brain dump of all that negative gunk and all that, those limiting behaviors and negative habits. Use this time to do a brain dump of them so that you won't allow them to bleed into the following week. The problem isn't that you have negative thoughts. The problem is that you allow them to take up space in your head and then you create a whole book chapter and verse about them as if they are the truth when they're really fake news. And the only way you can stop that from happening is being intentional week to week to week to check in with you. So I'm going to leave you with this. I want to encourage you to make sure that immediately after you listen to me today to plot that follow up Friday, to schedule that follow up Friday in your weekly calendar, schedule it as a recurring event, either weekly, bi-weekly, or at least I think you need more than a month, but it, I just want you to build momentum around a follow-up Friday habit, okay? And then give me a shout out and let me know the one recurring follow-up Friday tip that you want to start to embrace, okay? That is it for me, party people. Thank you so much for listening to Candid Conversations. If this episode touched your heart in any way, please share it with your people, okay? Talk soon.